Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 17th of June 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Have you got a favorite museum or gallery? A place that holds a special place in your heart? Imagine yourself there right now. Look around the room. Most likely, there's another person besides yourself. Off in the corner, unobtrusive and quiet, sits a security guard. And today, Sue Hass is going to tell you a story about one of these quiet watchers. After Sue Hass, we'll hear a story from Jacinth about a different guy. Before we get to today's stories, though, a ginormous thank you goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. Keep your feet on the ground and your umbrellas up during this season of strong winds, Hong Kongers. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well, especially listeners in Guangjin in Korea, Bethesda in Maryland in the United States of America, and Malmo in Sweden. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. In July, we'll be returning to our regular free weekly workshops. Thanks to our entire Hong Kong community for your patience and care, and for masking up and keeping us all safe. We'll keep you updated on the website, hongkongstories.com. In the meantime, we're off to a fantastic start for the next live show, which will be on Wednesday, 24th of June at the Fringe Club. With the theme, Fifty Shades of Red, our storytellers are fine-tuning and practicing to deliver the very best stories they can. Due to COVID regulations and to keep everyone comfortable, our seating will be sparser than usual. Ticketing is available through the link on our website, the Facebook page, and even through Ticketflap. Tickets are selling fast, so if you're intending to come, please get one soon. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now from our December 2019 show with the theme, Meeting You, here is Sue Hass. I'm in art science. I'm in the art science museum in Singapore. I'm in a, I'm in a large room and there are these piles of rocks arranged in five concentric circles around me. It's amazing. Some artist physically found these rocks some random places and he picked them up and he arranged them in these circles. I guess they call this interactive art. I'm standing there in the middle of all of these circles, bemused. My friend Sean is a museum guide here and he walks up to me and looks me in the eyes and he says, you know, I think the artist is trying to tell us that the universe is one big art installation and we are just small pixels on that vast canvas. He looks into my eyes and arches his eyebrows. <laughs> Not bad, right? <laughs> what? No, that, that's, that's such a cheesy pickup light, man. There's no way that's ever going to work on any girl, I tell him. Sean is telling me his moves, how he flirts with girls. Because, you know, that's, that's like kind of our thing. Some guys like to talk about football. Some guys like to talk about music. Me and Sean, we talk about flirting and dating quite a lot. <laughs> As a museum guide, Sean gets to meet lots of girls, usually tourists, so I hear about it all the time on Facebook. <laughs> Trust me, you'll be surprised. Some girls love that line, he tells me. European girls are the best, he says, because they're quite laid back, and they enjoy the sport. They like it when you flirt with them. Chinese girls, they're a lot harder, <laughs> because he has to flirt in Chinese, and even though he's a Singaporean Chinese guy, 
she's not so good in Ch- with Chinese as most 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 guys there. In a way, it's like it's like his favorite hobby. But don't get me wrong; he's a professional museum guide. He, he takes his job really seriously till 6 p.m. <laughs> and then he turns on the charm because you know then he can take them out on a date if anyone catches his eye, and if they do as well. And I've heard about this a lot over the years. Um, but back when I first met Sean, seven years back, we bonded over a completely different hobby. I was, back then, I was responding to an ad on Craigslist that said, looking for chess partners. <laughs> and when I met Sean, he was horrible. <laughs> Sean believes that attack is the best form of defense in chess. And with girls. <laughs> it doesn't always work out. <laughs> But after I met him, I wasn't sure if, I, if we would become friends. Because in Singapore, where I went, went for university for five years, I didn't make a single good friend. You know, honestly, because I was a little scared. I was a little scared that, you know, they, they would make fun of me. I was, I was scared that, you know, they wouldn't like my accent. And Singaporean guys, some of them, it's just really hard to understand them, too. Wallahweh, don't talk, I sabo you, huh? That's English. And I heard that a lot. But Sean was different. Sean never went to university. Um, but I've seen more kindness, wisdom, and eloquence in Sean over the, over the years that I met him than I did in any of my university classmates. And perhaps being a Eurasian, the son of an Austrian father and a Chinese mother, he had this innate curiosity for people from other cultures. Over the next few months, we, played, we met up again to play chess games again and again, and we just bonded over, over, the, over those games. We, sh- we shared our love for science fiction, and we talked about girls a lot. <laughs> but most importantly, he made me feel like I was fine the way I was um, at, that, at that particular time in life. And when I left Singapore, he was one of the few people who decided to stay in touch. He would drop me a message on Facebook now and then, saying, hey, Suhas, how's it going? How's, how's life like in India, mate? When after a breakup, when I had a really hard time, um, and I, when I didn't really feel like dating anyone else, it was Sean who wrote to me and said that, you know, we can't walk through life refusing to open doors just because we closed the first. And when I moved to Hong Kong, uh, and I had a really hard time here as well, making new friends, and I was feeling quite lonely, it was Sean who wrote to me as well. And he said, so as people are like watches, running to their own rhythm, and even though the ants might reflect the same hour, they might differ in the seconds, and that makes all the difference. For a museum guide, he's quite the writer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that, that Facebook thread that we share has become like a cornerstone in my life. I, I check it pretty much every single day. Over the last seven years, we've talked about everything, you know, movies, music, girls, guys, <laughs> jobs, relationships, all kinds of stuff. And, it's, and that, that thread is easily filled with screenshots of over a thousand pretty girls from Tinder. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> So last year, when I was finally able to go back to Singapore after being five years away, I was really looking forward to, to meet him again. I didn't tell him that I was coming. I, headed, I went straight to the Art Science Museum, and I told his colleagues to just inform Sean that some tourist was really angry with him. <laughs> <laughs> and when he, came, when he came out, his face was full of worry. It was, really, <laughs> it was really amusing. But then when he saw me, he broke out into the biggest smile. Would I like a free private tour, he asked me. Yeah, sure, why not? But I would really like to know what you do with all these girls, <laughs> since you keep telling me about it all the time. I don't know the details. So that's how we get to the museum. So Sean, let's say that lame chip pickup line even works on any girl, right? What would you do next? Oh, that's easy. Next, we go to, the, we go to Makan Sutra. 
Makan Sutra is this outdoor canteen uh, nearby the art science, near the art science museum where you can get typical Singaporean food like chendol, bakute, roti, roti tan chanai, chicken rice, laksa. This place is a ripoff, man. <laughs> I know, but look around you. I looked around and I saw that there were, there, there were just only foreigners there. It was a perfect tourist trap. Yeah, I think I get what he's doing. <laughs> and then, he, uh, what do we do? And then he took me to the to Esplanade, to the rooftop at Esplanade, a landmark, and we saw the beautiful Singapore skyscape. It's not bad, but uh, Sean, I think it's a little too early in the evening to make out with the girl. <laughs> yeah, of course, I know that. So we should go for a drink. And he took me to uh, a very a really nice bar along Arab Arab Street where we were sitting outside a bar and some Malay guy was playing a romantic song on a guitar. Sean slowly slid his arm behind my seat. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> and then we went to the grassy banks of, uh, of a river near Promenade. And the stars on the building on the opposite shore were twinkling like, like little stars. Sean took out a Bluetooth speaker, uh, laid out a blanket, and started to play a romantic song. This guy carries all this stuff in his backpack. <laughs> He's always ready. <laughs> Not bad. Honestly, if I was a girl, I would be impressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, how did I like the night? Sean asked me. Like, did I enjoy myself? Uh, seven out of ten. <laughs> I told him it was pretty nice, but I, it felt like he was trying a bit too hard. <laughs> Sean said that I don't know anything about romance. Yeah, whatever. He can, begin, he, he can call himself the expert at romance. I'll beat him at chess. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know what the future holds for both of us. Um, a couple of years back, Sean enrolled in university part-time. So he goes to the, his classes in the evenings. And uh, next year, he will graduate from university as a, mat as a mature candidate in his 30s. I'm pretty sure I'll visit him then, too. I know that uh, we, don't, we don't keep in touch that much anymore. Uh, and he doesn't, he doesn't write into me that often. But I'm pretty sure whenever he can, he will try to flirt with any girl that he meets at the museum. <laughs> and try to take her on one of three planned dates that he has <laughs> planned out in his head. And one of those girls might even end up becoming one of his partner. If she does, then I'm sure he'll take her, take her to that grassy bank uh, in Promenade and probably make out with her way too early. <laughs> he really buys into the whole macho act. Um, and whenever he, when, he, when that does happen, I'm pretty sure I'll hear all about it on Facebook. I just hope that she doesn't like to play chess. You'll never see that quiet figure in the corner in quite the same light. Maybe the universe really is just one large art installation. However you feel you fit into the universe, soon you can also fit into one of our free weekly workshops. We'll start them up again in July and look forward to hearing your stories. Keep an eye on the website or on Meetup for details. HongKongStories.com and for our second story today, we have Jacinth to tell us of another, but different, guy. Last summer, my sister finally convinced me to go online dating. Um, she said, why don't you be a millennial about it and just do it? People do it all the time like that these days. And she wouldn't be alone in that. My friends have also been, you know, trying to get me to join in. 
And normally I would say no, but during that time, Instagram was getting a little bit too much. Like um, some of my other friends were getting either engaged or getting married, and there was a lot of hashtags. She said, yes, hashtag I do. And I'm really happy for them. I am. But, you know, like we don't need like, you know, a documentary about your engagement. You know, one picture is fine. Um <laughs> But so, you know, like there are like other things that, you know, like I was thinking about other fears that I have. So some of them, like the first one would be, you know, whoever, you know, I talk to or meet, like he's going to end up being a stalker murderer. He's going to spike my drink, murder me and chop off my fingers and use them for dangling earrings. I am sorry. I Netflix a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, So and then the other thing was like, when did hi and how are you become such a stupid thing to say to a stranger in like an online dating app? And then the main fear, I guess, that I have is that there's just so much room for deception. You know, you have your filters and you have your carefully crafted, like, you know, profile, you know, um, that people write. So, you know, I guess like, you know, you kind of wonder what is real. So to appease my sister... You know, I I tried it out for a month. I told her, okay, I'll do it. And then I picked a photo. I don't do duck faces. And I, you know, I like, you know, wrote a profile that's like decent. And I did it for a month. But I did it without like kind of really doing it. Like I just, you know, it became my favorite MTR pastime. And I like, you know, I would swipe yes. Um, Strangely enough on, like, people that are posed with, like, their grandparents, like, especially with, like, older, you know, like, their grandmas and stuff, because I, I have a thing for old people, but not like, not like Chris has a thing for old people. Like, I, you know, I, I like my grandparents. That's why it's like, oh, he's with, you know, like, the grandparents. It's nice. And then, like, any sane person, I would swipe no to, like, you know, shirtless pics and gym selfies. Um... So I was doing it, and then I was having lunch with a friend one time, um, and she knew that I was in this one-month, like, trial period with this, like, app. So she was like, hey, can I try it out? Can I, like, swipe left and right for you? And I was like, sure. Like, I don't care. So I gave her my phone, and then I went to the ladies' room, and then she, when I came back, she was still kind of, like, swiping left and right and whatnot. Um, and then um, later that evening, I found a message, like, on my phone. And then I kind of figured out that my friend, I matched with somebody and my friend messaged that guy, you know, Robert. So Robert was nice. He introduced himself, like what he does. And then the dreaded question, like, how about you? And in my head, I think this is it. This guy's going to murder me. Um, So, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you avoid a question? Well, you answer it with the question. So, you know, our conversation kept, you know, like question and question and question. And then um, he's being very nice about it. And then I told my friends and my friends told me, like, you know, you got to give him a break. He's being really nice about it. So I did. And we, you know, kind of backed and forth a little bit. I revealed a little, you know, a little something about myself while thinking he's still going to murder me. So, you know, so just a little bit. And then, you know, he, he, you know, he turned out to be this like really nice guy and we have stuff in common, like we're workaholic, you know, so little things in common. So we moved it up. Like we kind of decided to move our relationship to the next level, which is WhatsApp. So (laughs) we did that back and forth again. 
And then he decided, okay, let's meet at this, you know, this date. And unfortunately, I was going away on vacation to visit my sister for a month. So I told him, okay, like, you know, I can't meet you at this date. And, um, you know, I thought it was going to end, but my friends told me, oh, just, you know, keep talking to him, like, you know, exchange back and forth. So we did send him pictures of my vacation. He sent, you know, me pictures of his. And then when I came back here, he messaged me and said, oh, I'm sorry, I met somebody else. Can we just be friends? So, you know, normally I would, you know, be kind of hurt. But for some reason, I was like super relieved because I noticed when we were like texting like back and forth, I was like really nice. I mean, I was super polite. You know, I wasn't myself, according to my friends. I'm not really nice. You know, I'm, I'm very straightforward. And then according, you know, my friends say I have like a really good bitch face, like a resting bitch face. It's not even resting, you guys. Sometimes it's very active. So, so it's like I wasn't myself. I was always being polite. And then when he said, let's just be friends, it's like, oh my God, I don't need to be nice to you anymore. This is great. Um, so, you know, like we're friends. And then one time, I think I messaged him. It was a Saturday. And I asked him what he was doing. And he was like, oh, I'm taking like a, a Skype class at the office. And um, I told him, you know, you can Skype at home. It's a Saturday. And he said, um, I don't have like Wi-Fi at home. Um, and so I use like the off office Wi-Fi. I only live five minutes from the office and I get free coffee at the office. And I judged him. I'm sorry. I judged him. Like, how do you not have Wi-Fi at home in these day and, in this day and age? Like, really, how you email, you book your, you know, vacation tickets, you, like, talk to your family, you Google stuff, and how do you live without Netflix? Really, how, how? I, I, I don't know. And then, you know, I judged him. And, you know, since I don't need to be nice to him anymore, I laid it on, like, really thick. Like, you know, you're the weird guy at the office. People talk about you. You're the guy that's there during the weekends using the Wi-Fi for personal use. And then, like, you know, just consuming the coffee, like, during the weekends. You know, I think people talk about you. I think I've had colleagues that are like you. So I laid it on, like, you know, very honestly. And I think that, I guess, pretty much ended our friendship because he stopped talking to me. Or I would like to think he got fired and he doesn't have access to Wi-Fi anymore. Uh, I, that is, like, my fantasy of what happened. So, you know, like, I guess we think, like, both of us dodged a bullet, like, you know, I dodged, like, a super, like, maybe frugal person that doesn't have, like, personal Wi-Fi. And he dodged a person who's, like, Wi-Fi is everything and is really bossy about it, you know. But, you know, so, you know, we kind of just, I guess, like, you know, missed each other in that way. And it's a good thing. So, you know, I kind of figured out after a while that, you know, it's online dating is really not for me. So I prefer meeting people like in person, but, you know, at least I still have all my fingers. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.